Hey there, everybody. How's it going? Matt here to bring you into this week's episode with a quick announcement right off the top here. We wanted to announce that the winner of this year's annual Inspired Incompetence Art Contest is the lovely lady known as Beth, also known as Chaotic Little Cat on our Discord. She, We are going to put up all of the submissions on our socials and, and whatnot, but we wanted to specifically call out Beth's entry because she put in the effort to create a couple of delightful little plushies of Thalias and Elsie that just stole our hearts. The competition was fierce this year. We had a lot of great entries, but in the end, we just we couldn't overlook how adorable those plushies came out. So, congratulations to Beth. Uh, we look forward to getting you your prize very soon. And on top of that, yes, we are going to be at Fandom Fest. Thank you for asking. That's Fandom Fest at Proctor's Theater in Schenectady, New York, on August 13th. That is next Saturday. It's coming up quick. You can head to the Fandom Fest website, use code INSPIRE at checkout, and you will get discounted day passes. And you can actually get the three day passes with that code for a cheaper price than getting a weekend pass. There's lots of fun stuff going on, including yours truly and the rest of Inspired Incompetence, along with special guest Gummalau from Twitch and our Discord server. So come say hi, hang out. Watch us play a game as we run through a what-if scenario from our old pirating days. And yeah, it should be a good time. But that's enough out of me. I'll let you get right into the episode. This is episode 79, No More Secrets. Welcome to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Some assembly required. How's everybody doing? Good. So, so does Junction A fit into slot b why don't they actually just write instructions you're supposed to have an allen wrench matt oh god damn it and we're back book four episode two uh we finally revealed the masked singer i mean undead uh to be none other than the demigoddess arasni who has been kind of in the background behind the scenes since the beginning of this adventure, first time we uh, we had any sign of of her presence was, I want to say episode four, during Thalias's flashback when he's in the cemetery. Yep. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, uh, take it from there. You guys came down to this basement. It's all spooky. Uh, candles lit for for mood. There's like this circle of salt in the middle of the room and she is sitting in a, a high back chair in the middle of that circle why is she sitting in salt like a circle of salt is there a knowledge check we can make on that give me knowledge arcana check uh, i got a 32 move over utrid uh, i got a five so <laughs> i got a 27 i don't think i'm gonna be able to beat that uh utrid and cricks uh you're pretty sure it is uh, you don't know specifically what for, but you're pretty sure it is an uh, like an anti-scrying measure that she has taken. Uh, That's interesting. You just fought every instinct in your body to not call me Rogyar. 
What if I did? <laughs> you worried somebody might be trying to scry on you? And is there chairs nearby? Or is she just like literally in the middle of the floor with that salt and a chair for herself? And how big is the salt circle? Can we step over into it? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's feet high. She's created a snow fort out of salt. <laughs> no, I meant like more is the diameter wide enough for us to fit in it. Oh. Can we? <laughs> okay. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the salt itself is about four, maybe five inches across. Uh, so you can certainly step over it. Um, this is certainly not a, uh, a lavishly appointed room uh but there are some it it looks like maybe older furniture that got stored down here initially because it was in disrepair by the 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 tower's owner but they have been kind of very informally uh laid out uh against the the wall the the wall to your left then as uchir approaches he's gonna take a chair and he's going to put it directly across from Arasni and sit down in it. She kind of dips her head towards you, Uhtred, as a sort of confirmation. I discovered the unintended protections this sanctum offers several years ago, but I've only recently elected to use it. The lead in the mortar, along with the thick stone walls and the running water around the structure, all contribute to keep this sanctum safe from nearly all scrying. I've protected myself further with wards of my own design. As long as I remain here, neither Geb nor Tarbaphon can find me. But it is not in my nature to cower and hide for long. Should we assume that they are aware of... And I kind of like look side to side at the other three of us. She raises an eyebrow at you. To my knowledge, no one is aware of you specifically, or even the old balls piercing your hearts. These seem to be an unknown at this point. Even to you? She she tilts her head and kind of looks uh, sideways at you. I will admit I don't know their full capabilities, only that they are stitched into your hearts and are a direct side effect from the radiant fire. My theory is that whatever magical energies are woven into Tarbaphon's weapon, fragments, pieces, shrapnel from the blast, have by cosmic coincidence found themselves lodged into your hearts. Oh, would it be out of place to say that instead of cosmic coincidence, it could have been divine intervention? Arasi has been very formal with you so far, uh, and that hasn't changed, but you see the first uh, ghost of a, of a, like a smirk uh, at, at those words. Divine intervention? Why would you hope for such a silly thing? Well, because the gods are, are always watching over us, and was it not Iomide who played a vital part in driving driving the Whispering Tyrant back last time? It stands to reason she would do her part to intercede again this time. Iomide's role in the Shining Crusade was that of a mortal woman. She has since arisen to divinity, and kept well out of the way of mortal affairs. Could this not be more than mortal affairs? I saw my own gravestone in the boneyard, split in two. Was that just mere coincidence? There are many things in the great beyond that cannot be explained. Only a fool 
would see every single miracle and assume that an intelligent design was behind it. That some god set aside their flippant schedule to split a tombstone on the boneyard. Or save a single mortal. Five mortals. Six mortals. It's nothing to them. Well, I have heard theories on these obols that possibly the Whispering Tyrant placed them. And by them coming back, they will bring the end of humanity and life as we know it. I believe Tarbaphon is well on his way to that without some cockamamie scheme hinging on a handful of mortals clawing their way out of the boneyard. Pardon me. I seem to have gotten away from myself. But the reason that I've gathered you all here is precisely because of that. Vigil has fallen, leaving the navel-gazing knights of Lastwall scattered and confused. Mere moments later, Gallowspire itself imploded. The whispering tyrant, the entitled fool who ended my life, now walks the world again. And regardless of my feelings on Lastwall, or the world at large, I am the one person on two continents who possesses both the power to destroy Tarbaphon and a burning desire to do so. He has already moved on from Gallowspire to elsewhere in Ustalov. I know not where... And while I can stand face to face against his power, I can't fight both the Whispering Tyrant and his entire army. My only hope, your only hope, is a surprise attack. I am, unfortunately, quite easy to locate with magic. This is due not just to my reputation, but also because Tarbaphon and I have shared a tenuous psychic connection Ever since he murdered me so many years ago, this connection has allowed me to peer into his plans with a frustrating lack of clarity, but it will also warn him of my approach the moment I leave this refuge. I can't simply teleport to him, as the witch gates he constructed all over his domain of Virlich during the Shining Crusade redirect long-range teleportation. So, I need you to be my hands. Cross Virlich to the ruins of Gallowspire. Shut down the witch gates and find out where Tarbaphon now prepares his forces. Travel there and I can use your presence as a focus to teleport. Then, at last, the Whispering Tyrant shall fall. Uh, shouldn't we be gathering some kind of army for this? Won't Tarbaphon be doing the same? And exactly what army would you have us gather? I, I don't know. I mean, the Knights of Ozum must be rallying, and we could call for aid from neighboring countries. We can mount a new Shining Crusade. The Knights of Ozum? Go to the fawning, sanctimonious little children who first conjured me to fight their war for them, while Aridin hid like a coward? Go to the knights who let my corpse be stolen, and raises this thing before you! that had the temerity to label me violated because of their own arrogance and failure? The harlot queen? Were this a simple matter affecting just the knights of Ozum, I would happily let them dash themselves against Tarbaphon's walls if I did not kill them myself. To your credit, I find your assistance far less nauseating than theirs. Um, I... At just about every word of that, Crix is, like, flinching back. 
Like he's being physically struck with every word. I imagine like the torches lighting this room as she's been talking have just been growing dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then when she reaches like the apex of her little tirade, they flicker back to normal. Yeah, Randolph and Elias are standing there like, we we don't like them either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, not gonna lie, uh, for Tom here. Man, Viperia and her like would have been either. best friends just <laughs> shitting on Cedo. Now, I, <laughs> that, so. I love that that little like monologue. There's just so much to it, like mm-hmm. so much character and so much. Mm, but it's triggered off of the PCs asking, "Why not go to the Knights of Ozum for this?" After the first half of book three, just taught the PCs why they shouldn't go to the Knights of Ozum <laughs> about anything. Right. Um, it's almost like so, you needed a new character who didn't have that context. Yeah, so thanks, Matt. Thanks for uh, reading ahead for me and uh, sacking an entire PC uh, for that one line. Uh, All right, anytime. Now we're just going to go get Rogar back and we'll... Uh... <laughs> Perfect. Uh, after she composes herself again and she kind of like adjusts her her cloak a little bit, it's almost like she's acting as if you're expected to pretend you didn't just see her lose her shit. She straightens back up. I would not send you on such a dangerous quest unprepared. I took the liberty of reacquiring some of my old things from Vigil before its destruction. I offer them to you now. And with a wave of her hand, five objects float into view. A rapier, a red chain shirt, a cloak, a ring, and an amulet. <laughs> she explains that these are, uh, as a set, the panoply of Erasmi. They include Arasni's Sting, a plus one holy agile rapier, uh, where once per day the wielder can cast Bear's Endurance on themselves. The Graveward Shirt, a plus three undead defiant mithril chain shirt, and twice per day the wearer can cast protection from evil on themselves. And you said that was like a, a red chain shirt? Like it's actually colored red? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and just for reference, uh, the defiant uh, property of armor, uh, it excels at blocking the attacks of certain types of creatures, uh, similar to a Bane weapon's uh, excelling against certain foes. Against a designated foe, the item's enhancement bonus to AC is plus two better than its actual bonus and provides DR2. Uh, which is not overcome by anything against attacks from that foe. This increase in enhancement bonus applies only to the armor shield's enhancement bonus, not to temporary bonuses such as the magic vestment spell. And I look again, I believe I said it was undead defiant. You did indeed. So against undead, that's a plus five mithril chain shirt. Oh, buddy. With two DR? With DR two, also Against against undead. Yeah. And twice per day, you can cast protection from evil on yourself. If only I could wear armor. <laughs> I, now, like, know, right? I, I think I take it. Sorcerers are not known for their ability to wear armor. Um, Tom my, did take... I uh, specifically uh, took things for it. This is true. Uh, I may have to roll you for that, because not only is that very well suited to exactly what I built this character for, it's red, which goes right with my color scheme. That's true. <laughs> 
That's fair. It fits the feng shui of Chris. Uh, so thirdly, we've got the Crimson Mantle, a minor cloak of displacement with a continuous feather fall effect. A minor cloak of displacement uh, has all day 20% concealment. What? What? <laughs> Does that stack with other concealment? So if you cast no. displacement? if Well, if you cast displacement, then it would default to the 50% from displacement. If you cast blur on yourself, it would just uh, it would just be redundant. It would not you would not get 40% uh, stacking the two together. But yeah, all day 20% concealment and uh, also all day featherfall. Uh, then you have darting wings, a ring of evasion, and once per day the wearer can cast fine traps on themselves. A ring of evasion like you just have evasion now? Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> And Soulminder, a parapet of health where once per day uh, the wearer can cast each of these spells uh, on himself. So he gets uh, three different spells he can cast on himself each once per day. Cure moderate wounds, lesser restoration, and resist energy. So and we're, a... we're giving this all to one person and making Voltron, right? <laughs> Problem is I don't think all one person can use every item. And a parapet of health, uh, for reference, uh, renders the wearer immune to all diseases, including supernatural diseases. Finally, any being of good or lawful neutral alignment, so that's lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, or lawful neutral, wearing at least one piece of the panoply, gains a plus one luck bonus on all saving throws. Any creature carrying all five pieces increases this luck bonus to plus two. Uh, uh, that's pretty bigly. Do we just want to uh, go top to bottom on this and figure out who's rolling against who for what? Do we want to do this when, like, when we're done with the scene itself, so we don't yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally yeah, break yeah, out the, do that now? Yeah, yeah oh, we should do that. <laughs> like, I know that those are some pretty balling items, but oh I don't want God, like, I want all the, of those. Flow. Yeah, I bet <laughs> you do. Hey, everybody, Matt here during editing to give you a quick rundown of how these items got divvied up since we never actually got back to it in this episode. Uh, let's see. We start with Arasni's Sting, the plus one holy agile rapier that grants the wielder the ability to cast Bear's Endurance on themselves once per day. That went to Crix, as he was the only one who had any sort of use or desire for it. So, process of elimination, that one went to me. Next was the Graveward Shirt, the plus three undead defiant mithril shirt that also went to Cricks, although I had to uh, I had to beat our genus back with a stick to get a hold of that one. Uh, next up is the crimson mantle, a minor cloak of displacement with permanent feather fall. That one ended up going to our genus after some wheeling and dealing that I'll get to in a minute. Uh, after that, the darting wings, the ring of evasion that allows the wielder to cast fine traps once per day. That one went to Uhtred, after being by far the most in-demand item of the entire set. But yeah, Nick won the roll-off, so he, he got Darting Wings, the Ring of Evasion. And last up is Soulminder, the Periapt of Health, that allows its wearer to cast some healing and protective spells on themselves. That one initially went to Arginus, but wound up in the hands of Uhtred after a quick swap. So initially, Uhtred got the Crimson Mantle 
for displacement, and Argenus got the Soulminder. But after some quick negotiation, those two swapped them with each other. So Uhtred has Soulminder, and Argenus has the Crimson Mantle. All right, back to the episode. So yeah, she presents these items to you all and explains what they do. Well, as always, we appreciate any of the help that you have provided us to this point. But before we move on too quickly, I have to know about Rossler. What was his great misdeed? Give me a sense motive check. I'm so bad at the... I'm going to add a user hero point to add a plus eight. All right. Oh, sick. No! <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, all right, so why don't you guys give me your uh, sense motives, please? Natural one for zero, hero point plus eight, eight. That uh, sucks so much. Chris <laughs> with an eight. Uh... Our genus with a 10. Oh, right. you guys are sense motivating? Yeah, but did you guys use hero points to get such tasty numbers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, natural 20 for a 33. Yeah! <laughs> oh, There's our boy. <laughs> All right. There's our oddly shaped piece fitting in when we need it. <laughs> There's our empathetic Randolph. Right. <laughs> His heart's just like, oh, I hurt. <laughs> so Uhtred asks Arasne uh, about Roslar. She kind of furrows her brow and looks to the side for a second, and it seems like she's not really sure who that is. Randolph, you can see that not only does she know exactly who that is, but she hates the sound of that name so much that almost as a defense mechanism is acting like she doesn't know who that is. Uh... I give Thalias a nudge so that he can nudge the rest of the group. Everyone is nudged. <laughs> don't act like you don't know who Rossler was. I know you two loved each other. She squares her eyes directly at you, Uhtred, and it is not a kind stare. Irvin Roslar prayed to me as a demigoddess, as did many of the Knights of Ozum. Irvin Roslar fancied his devotion worthy of my own. Irvin Roslar thought that because his war was important, that his goddess should be summoned and bound to fight in it against her will. Irvin Roslar did not even think of asking. Instead, Irvin Roslar had me bound to the task of slaying Tarbaphon. And the greatest crime of all was at the Battle of Three Sorrows. When Tarbaphon threw my corpse before the Knights of Ozum, Irvin Roslar was rewarded with the opportunity to avenge the goddess he had betrayed and sentenced to death by throwing himself at the enemy in one last glorious charge for his love, Arasni. Yes, I do know who Irvin Roslar is. I try to forget that name every day. It is the only name I hate more than Tarbaphon himself. And he thought that because his cause was justified that he could bind me to this duty and so long as he felt bad about it it was all forgiven because of him I am what you see before you today I had no choice but to fight in the Shining Crusade I had no choice but to die fighting Tarbaphon I had no choice but to be raised as a lich by the Ghost King Geb and now I have had no choice since but to rule over Geb's nation in his absence. No, 
I have no love for Irvin Roslar. And if you value your life, Uhtred Bebenbur, you will never utter such a suggestion again for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's getting intense in here. She hasn't stopped glaring at you, Uhtred. Uh, my lady Erasne, do you, uh, and now you might not believe in divinity, but do you believe in the fates? <laughs> Crix gives you like a side eye look like, what, what are you getting at? Well, <laughs> we're all here, aren't we? We've, uh, uh, I've seen you cross our paths uh, more than once for the Phresma for. Uh, I've been so excited. At the, the moniker Phresma for, Erasne's uh, death stare is actually pulled away from Uhtred, and she, uh, she she looks over at Arginus and and she she doesn't seem quite as pissed off anymore. She she seems almost like, uh, not that she found what Arginus said funny, but almost like the silliness, the immaturity of it, just kind of actually left her speechless. Fate itself is certainly something to be observed. Twisted, used, and predicted. You could say it was fate that brought all of you here to this tower today. But you are, all of you, much more than just the old balls piercing your hearts. I have been watching you, as you know, back in Roslar's coffer and since then, in your trials and tribulations through Vigil. If we are to put a stop to Tarbaphon, be it fate, sheer force of will, or if it goes down easier for you, the will of the gods... We must proceed with our agenda and our mission. What say you? I don't care if it's fate, the will of the gods, your pain that drives you. None of that matters at all, quite honestly. We have a shared goal, to kill the Whispering Tyrant. And I will do whatever you ask me to do to make that goal become a reality. Arasne looks back over at Uhtred, and it seems like her... Uh... Her animosity has, at least for now, ebbed, and she she gives Uhtred a uh, a serious, if uh, business-like, uh, nod. Excellent. I would advise you first journey to Castle Faunum, just over the Ustalav border, across the Path River. The Knights of Ozum still operate a castle as a supply depot, so you will find provisions, maps, and scouting reports from across Beerlich. From there, your safest approach would be north through the mountains. I can remain in contact as you wish, as you carry a piece of me with you. Will we find actual knights at the castle? I know not if the knights stationed at Castle Faunum will be there or not. I certainly have not paid any mind since I set up shop here. Uchid's gonna put his hand out, like in front of him, and what piece of you shall we carry with us? She motions at the parapet of health, uh, which is a Basically like a, a necklace with a, a gemstone. Soulminder contains a drop of my blood, freely given as a mortal. That periapt will allow me to communicate freely with you. And should the need arise, you with me. Uh, not to be crass, your grace, I guess. Um, but uh, how do we know you're not sending us into some kind of trap? I know, obviously, I know who you were in life, but what 
What assurances do we have that you have not, I guess, become corrupted in death to join the side that killed you? If all I craved was mindless destruction, I could have easily slain you at any point. No, as I've said, you are something special. You are useful, and I am many things, but never wasteful. Well, (laughs) the way how I took that question was more along the lines of, uh, how do we know you don't know what's going on with our hearts? Those opals that we have inside of us, (laughs) they certainly seem pretty powerful. It'd be, uh, interesting for you to direct us there with, uh, uh, with no issues from us directly to Tar Fon's feet, if you will. I suppose you'll have to take my word for it. You want to know if you can trust me? Well, you shouldn't. Trust is the dagger that will always find your heart. The only thing in this world you should trust is that everyone eventually falls to their worst nature. And my worst nature is petty, selfish, Vengeance. <laughs> it's good enough for me. She smiles slightly at that. Well, I, uh, I, I must admit, I am conflicted. At, at the one end, this is Arasni, the, the Red Crusader, the former Herald of Aroden. Uh, she is the hero of many stories I grew up on and even studied in Vigil, but. On the other, she is also undead, and that carries with it its own air of distrust. I think, for now at least, our goals align. And at the very least, while I cannot say I agree with how you have ruled Geb these last few centuries, I must say at least you're not threatening to take over the world. So I I feel in this I must side with you. She smiles at... At Crix's little uh, like inner conflict that he seems to be voicing out loud. It's a more of a sad smile, though. The word queen is a polite Gabite euphemism for chattel. I imagine it won't be long before my absence is noticed and raises quite a bit of ire. So I suppose we are both scattered to the winds and on our own on this mission. What shall you do while we gallivant to Gallowspire? Will you wait here for us, or do you have other things that you must attend to in the meantime? I imagine she'll be ruling Geb. I will must remain here until you have completed your mission. As I said, the moment I leave this place, Tar Baphon will know of my presence, and he will be on guard for me. In addition, Geb will no doubt be looking for me soon, if they have not already started searching now. My possessive husband has dispatched his dogs to drag me home more than once. And even without them, he keeps my phylactery hidden beyond even my reach. Without it, any escape is little more than a quaint visit. I will always be pulled toward whatever foul vessel he's crammed my soul into. And if Geb forces me back to my throne, there's no telling when I'll be able to return to the mission at hand. But once you have shut down the Witch Gates and located Tarbaphon... I will be free to teleport directly to you and put an end to this once and for all. Rasna, do you know, I 
assume you must know how Tarbafon has been has been exploiting the shards of the Shattered Shield. During the Shining Crusade, the Shield of Aradin was among the most potent magical armaments ever wielded by a mortal man. It could redirect lethal magics directed at the wielder and send them back to the caster. Some spell, the Whispering Tyrant in his vain confidence, sent at the shield's owner must have been too much for the shield to properly block and it shattered. But it nonetheless still did its job one final time, and one of those splinters was directed back to the Whispering Tyrant, and ever since then, a piece of the holy energy has been lodged in Tarbathon's hand. That same holy energy is still connected to the other pieces of the shattered shield of Arneson. My theory is that while no longer a functioning shield, the redirective properties it once employed still exist in each of the shards, including the one lodged in Tarbathon's hand. Those shards that you believe are lodged by coincidence into our hearts? Mere slivers of those shards, but yes. Somehow, Tarbathon has found a way to connect himself to a specific shard, placed strategically either by himself or one of his many acolytes. He then creates a magical feedback loop between the shard in his hand and the selected shard, until it builds up so much that the shard he has targeted can no longer continue its volley, and it explodes in a riot of energy. It's that explosion and energy that worries me. That is very wise of you, Uhtred. So long as the Whispering Tyrant has more of those shards, he can lay waste and assault nearly anywhere in the Inner Sea. But for now, he seems content to remain somewhere in Ustalov, likely gathering forces instead of taking the initiative. We will use that delay in his plans to our advantage. What did you do to Elksy? And Uhtred will kind of look over at Elksy as he's saying that. I saw in that poor creature something of myself. She did not choose to be blessed with divine sentience when she became Thalias' companion. And upon his death, she was thrust back into being nothing more than a stupid animal. I suppose I took pity on her. And I gave her her own sentience. And now she may do with it what she wants, and not what some paladin dictates for her. I nudged Thalias. Twelve cents a motive? Undeads generally, when they grant sentience, aren't just like, oh yeah, it's yours, go do what you want. It's kind of usually the mindless, I control you. Uh, with a 12, you're not sensing any deceptions. Yeah, I didn't think so. That doesn't mean you have to believe her. Just. Yeah. I just didn't inherently be like, oh, that was a, the wrong choice of words there. Yeah, or you could even be like, wow, she's super good at lying. I can uh, certainly understand uh, no choice, uh, feeling trapped and unraveled and unraveled and unraveled and unraveled. Uh, sorry. Uh, I appreciate you freeing her from her binds. Arasni nods at Arginus, uh, and also, in, in response to Arginus's uh, words, Elksy actually turns to you all and she, she says, I would like to go with you and journey to Verlich and help you take down the Whispering Tyrant. Hey, Thalias, getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, Randolph will speak up and say, To be honest, we can use all the help we can get. Very That's well. It. Any, any more help anyone wants to give. You know, I got items and uh, now Elksy. If... 
He's got to look like, are we getting more help or? Very well. I can provide you transportation to the Path River, where it borders Last Wall and Village. But as I said, the Witch Gates of Ustalov prevent any long-range teleportation into or throughout those lands. So you will have to travel by your own means from there. That sounds great. Mm. To the heart of the beast. What what time of the day was it? Like when we got here, was it early in the day, midday, evening? You're probably looking at me late morning right now. Okay, so like enough day to like start the journey today. Yeah, because if I remember, like the day started and like we kind of got off the ship and came around here. Okay, so Arasni uh, reaches into a small pouch at her hip and she takes out a a pinch of uh, this like red amber colored dust and she just kind of uh, with a flourish sprinkles it around her like in a circle on the on the floor between yourself and her Uh, it's like actually sitting inside of the much larger circle of salt uh, and she begins uh, casting a spell it's actually a uh, it's a 10 minute cast so it's going to be a bit of an awkward silence between all of you uh, but she uh, so if you uh, scroll to the bottom of this map based on Arasni's directions she's going to teleport you right here to the uh, the easternmost stretch of the peninsula between uh, the river Esk and I'm not sure what river that is but river Esk eventually hits another river that that takes it from going uh southeast to uh directly south uh uh so yeah Razi's going to teleport you to this peninsula to the east of vigil and from there uh you're going to have to cross this uh very wide river into usalov and that would take you to here this like forested area then you would go up the river here's where uh castle Fan- phantom is and from there you would Continue following the river north through the mountains, and uh, yeah, just north, 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 and eventually arrive at Gallowspire, or at least what's left of it. Because as Arasni said, Gallowspire imploded mere moments after Vigil was destroyed. You know how happy I am that I took that Phantom Steed spell? Yup. <laughs> yup. Complete with water walking and everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I mean, the the traveling that you thought you were going to do is nothing like the travel that you're actually going to be doing, but still a lot of traveling. So, uh, ten minutes pass, and Arasni's, uh, tele- Arasni creates a teleportation circle on the floor between herself and you. Step onto this circle once you are prepared to depart. It will take you to the western shore of the Path River, to the east of Vigil. Cross it, and you will be in enemy territory. Do take care. I find you... (sighs) curiously endearing. You're gonna keep an eye on us, right? As I said, I will be able to communicate with you freely, so long as one of you holds Soulminder. And if you must, you may communicate with me through it. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, Razni, uh, do you uh, do you sleep at all? I'm certain we're going to be taking a lot of shifts, and I can't wait to contact you. 
<laughs> essentially saying he's going to just bother Razni randomly with the uh Yep, yeah, note to self. Don't like Ar- don't let Arginus hold Soulminder. <laughs> she raises an eyebrow. I would urge you to contact me only if absolutely necessary. Though I may be unable to leave this sanctum for the time being, I will find a way to take it from you if I need to. And though though she seems more bothered than amused by this, you do see a, a sort of mixed grin creep into her face. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Don't fuck with me." She's been ruling a nation <laughs> of she's been ruling a nation of, of undead for centuries. Just dealing yeah. with people that actually can hold a conversation is probably a nice change of pace. <laughs> and yet, you may test that theory at your convenience. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys do? Uh, I take the Lys's hand and I walk to the teleport circle, prepared to be a. Uh, we're not all going at once. I would prepare to be the guinea pig here. If you're going first, Uchard's gonna pay attention to how Elsie is reacting, looking at Randolph and Thelias. Uh You can give me another sense motive check. God, I should just suck it up and start putting ranks in the sense motive for the amount of things I try and do that require it. <laughs> Seventeen. Nice. Yeah. So besides occasionally like looking at Arasni, usually while she's talking, like out of uh, courtesy. Or else when she actually turned to say that she wanted to come with you all. Uh, most of Elxie's attention has been spent just looking at Thalias. Uh, with a 17, you're really not sure what sort of thoughts or emotions Elxie has towards Thalias. But it is certainly not the, uh, the warm, we're best buds and, uh, dynamic duo that you remember Elxie displaying outwardly towards Elias back in Roslar's coffer. That just that's what Uchi was kind of fearful of. So how much of Elias is still left in Elias to be picking up on this stuff? Cuz he knows it's like this weird, you know, brain weave I've got going on. Yeah, it's like an off the books brain weave thing you have going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh I mean that's partly up to you yeah I kind of laid down some like loose guidelines from the beginning uh, like where he gets like tingly and has like some some uh, feedback but it's not like explicit like 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 when you're trying to remember a dream and the details are like fuzzy ah that's a good way to look at it yeah so if if you if you think Thalias would be aware enough to, you can have Thalias make his own sense motive check. Okay, yeah, I would do that. I mean, if it was someone less minor, but Elksy, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they were they were one. Yeah. Uh, in in much the same way that Thalias and Randolph now are one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a 25 sense motive. Okay, well, so again, it's up to you how much Thalias remembers of Elksy and what that memory, if anything, actually means to Thalias. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Thalias would certainly have noticed that Elksy is just really, like, probably any time Elksy doesn't think Thalias is paying attention, is just staring at him. Wild. Okay, interesting. So I yeah, would say as... Thalias, uh, you know, sees Elksy as 
some sort of like some sort of special significance and like extra friendly you know of a of a being mm-hmm. like if you were to see a lion in uh in public you'd be like whoa stay away from that but if you saw a lion and you were like oh hmm, i like this lion you know what i mean <laughs> where it's like okay he has no reason to really think that they would be friendly but he is friendly to this thing I, i'm almost thinking of um maybe somebody who like has alzheimer's or something and maybe yeah knows, yeah, yeah knows yeah. that they have alzheimer's and like a family member is visiting them and they know that this person is important like know, to them. Yeah, they feel right, love when they look at them, but they don't know who yeah, they are. Yeah, they don't understand why. They don't understand who they are. They know that they can trust them, but like, yeah, beyond yeah. that, it's just kind of like, but wait, oh, so I love that. It? Yeah, I love that. That's great. All right. So, yeah, uh, Randolph and Thalias uh, step through, uh, they step onto the teleportation circle and they uh, they disappear from the basement of this squat tower and Uhtred, you see Elksy just kind of staring down Thalias the whole time. I'll look back at Erasne. We'll be in contact. Uhtred will stand up. Come on, Elksy, let's go. And they'll step onto the teleportation circle. Elksy goes with Uhtred at his urging. Uhtred kind of gives Elksy like a, a scratchy pat on the back of the head. When they like, she gets alongside him. Elksy purrs, <laughs> <laughs> or nah, you know, put, whatever. Put, put in an elk noise. An elk noise. <laughs> put an elk purr in, please. Do you, you know, know how long it sounds? Yeah. yeah, we we looked it up one it's time. Terrifying. Didn't it? Like, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it's like Blair Witch shit. Uh, Cricks, Arginus, are you uh, following suit, or are you re-rolling characters? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, our genus, uh, uh, walks over to the circle and kind of does, like, a little bow, like, my lady. <laughs> and then he kind of, like, disappears. I was kind of hoping you were going to say he does, like, when a baseball manager gets thrown out of a game and he starts kicking all the dirt on home plate, <laughs> like, ruining her circle. Start, start <laughs> kicking the salt. Cricks, uh... As Arginus disappears, you're the only one left to to see Erasne's look of uh, get the fuck out, an, like annoyance at Arginus, as if maybe he was mocking her station with like laughing after saying "my lady," but she doesn't like she doesn't express, make a thing like, of it. Yeah, it's not like an overt uh, an overt look, but she certainly seemed to to take that negatively. Mm-hmm. Before Crick steps through, he just kind of like tips his hat and triggers his his transformation again. Like, Arasi's the only one left that would see it, but he's back in full Crimson Herald attire with the long red coat and the 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 long white gloves and like the thigh high white boots and everything. Because Arasi's never seen this side of him, and he steps up to the circle to leave. Um, but before he steps in. He looks at her and kind of smirks, and he says, uh, I shall always play my part for victory, for the heart. And he steps in. Okay. You are all teleported to the eastern flank of Last Wall, on the shores overlooking the blasted lands of Ustalav. And we'll see you next week on okay. the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Okay.
Yeah. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.